Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime Podcast. I am your host, Haley Lira, and today I have a really good story about the blue-eyed butcher. Now, before I get started, I just want to thank you so much for tuning into Storytime Podcast. I love doing a true crime podcast. It is definitely one of my favorite hobbies, and I will continue on. I have made some additions to where you can listen to my podcast on. So aside from Apple, Spotify, Audible, a lot of people listen on their Amazon Alexa devices. I have also included iHeartRadio, Facebook, and Stitcher. By the way, I did activate listener support, but don't feel pressured. Don't feel pressured. It's all good. If you do decide to support my podcast, I just want to thank you so much. I'll be doing some shout outs and that revenue will go towards advertisement. But all that aside, let's get started. Susan Lucille Wright coined herself the name Blue Eyed Butcher when the petite, blue eyed, blonde hair, beautiful woman admitted to stabbing her husband Jeff Wright 193 times on their bed. She then attempted to bury him in their backyard where they were planning to put a fountain. You guys, 193 times is a lot. So Susan met Jeff in 1997 and reports are a little bit conflicting. Either she was on a girl's trip in Galveston, Texas, or she was waitressing in Galveston, Texas when they met. Either way, Susan was 21 and Jeff was 29 years old when they met. He was a carpet salesman. They had a total whirlwind romance because they were married the following year while Susan was eight and a half months pregnant. They held a private ceremony and dinner at Outback for their after wedding celebration. Susan said that Jeff was very nice and very charming at first, but that quickly changed. So before I really dive into the story, I just want to let you know that everything leading up to the murder of Jeff Wright is basically Susan's defense. We only have her version of events leading up to why she stabbed her husband to go off of. So here it is. Susan and Jeff's first child was a son that they named Bradley. In 2002, they had a daughter named Kaylee. And Susan says after the birth of their first child, her husband did a total... 180. He started with verbal abuse, saying, you're fat, you're stupid. And then he began using drugs like weed and cocaine heavier, eventually becoming physically abusive to her. He would grab her arm, shake her body. He once threw her into a wall, and you could literally see the hole in the sheetrock that outlined the size of Susan's body. Now, that is according to her sister. Her sister says that she saw it. Now, once her sister was so concerned about Susan's well-being, she actually had Susan move in with her. And literally the next day, Jeff was at the sister's house with a moving van telling Susan that she was going to come right back home. The thing that I have a hard time with about this story is the moving van. Like, I just can't believe that Susan took that much stuff, enough for a moving van, and then Jeff just like showed up and they just swiftly moved her back home like everything was all right just because Jeff said so. But okay, now something worth mentioning is there's no police reports within the whole five years they were married. Not that. Now, according to Susan, the night she killed Jeff, it was January 13th, 2003. 
and Jeff came home hot. He was wanting to play fight their son Bradley, and I guess he kept like hitting their son and calling him a sissy and a probably a poonana for not wanting to play fight with him. And Susan got like really upset and tried to get him to stop, and they kind of had a little bit of an argument. So Susan went and put the kids to bed, and after they were in bed, she told Jeff like, yo, if you do not stop using drugs, I'm going to leave you. And that she would stay and help him get help and be there for him if he was willing to stop doing drugs. And Jeff's response was basically like, bitch, don't give me any ultimatums. And later that same night, he raped her. Susan said that her eyes were closed the whole time and she was so scared. And then when she did open her eyes, Jeff had just walked back into the room and was like standing over her. And he said, die, bitch. And then she saw Jeff had a knife. So Susan got really scared and she quickly kicked him in the balls and overpowered Jeff, grabbed the knife, and she just starts stabbing, 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 stabbing him all over his head, his neck, his penis, his stomach, his legs, everywhere. And by the way, this whole altercation took place on their king-size bed with her on top of Jeff, just going at it. I'm just going to say Jeff was a hundred pounds heavier than Susan. Okay. Not calling her a liar. Just saying I am having a hard time believing she overpowered him and then straddled him to stab him to death. So Susan says that she goes into like an almost manic or delusional state of mind. She is just stabbing and stabbing and stabbing until her son Bradley woke up and knocked on their door. So Susan has to stop. And she decided to tie Jeff up to the bed. She was under the impression that Jeff could possibly be alive and try to kill her. So she ties him up. She puts her son back to bed. And she maintains this is the only time Jeff was tied to the bed. And she only tied one of his arms. Now, that will be important later. Not both his arms and feet, just one arm. After she puts Bradley back to bed, she goes to the kitchen, grabs a fresh, sharp knife, and returns to stab Jeff more with the new knife. So she stabbed him 193 times. When she finally stopped stabbing him, she pulled his body off the bed and tied him to a dolly so that way she could transport his body easier, which I actually thought was kind of a good idea. I hate to even admit that. So Susan then tied his body to the dolly and she pushes him to their backyard. Off of their back patio was a shallow hole that Jeff had recently dug for a fountain. So she decided that is where she was going to bury his body. It's a bit ironic that he dug his own hole. Um, The reason I think that she planned this is because, dude, the dolly idea in the hole was just way too convenient, right? So... During the entire duration of Susan stabbing Jeff and moving his body, she said that she was terrified that he was still alive and he's going to wake up and he was going to try to kill her, even after she buried him. According to her, this is why she didn't call the police and tell them that she killed him in self-defense. She said because she was still afraid he was alive and he was going to get up and he was going to kill her at any minute. Now, Susan claimed the next couple of days was a total fog And that she can't really remember what happened. But let me tell you what she did. She took him off their answering machine, drained their joint bank account, 
filed a police report against Jeff, cleaned all the blood from their bedroom, and took care of her two small children the entire time. Two days after she stabbed Jeff, Susan and her mother actually went to the police station to file a domestic abuse report against Jeff. This was to explain Jeff's disappearance. Susan said they'd gotten into an argument on Friday about his drug use and he took off. She said he was physically abusive to her and the kids and she wanted to file a domestic violence abuse report and get a restraining order against him. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that this is what she told everyone to kind of explain his disappearance. Her and Jeff got into a fight. He'd been he'd been assaulting her and the kids and it came to a head and he took off. Police said that Susan seemed extremely afraid of what would happen when Jeff came home. By the way, he did not take off in his truck. His truck was still in the driveway. That's a bit of a red flag. So to try and clean up the crime scene, Susan removed her mattress and bed from the bedroom and moved it to the backyard temporarily. She made some attempt to clean the bedroom with bleach. There was fresh paint and a piece of carpet cut out of the floor. However, Susan said that she was so out of it, she was cleaning up the crime scene because she was afraid <laughs> that Jeff was still alive and he's going to wake up and be really pissed off about the mess. So she claims to be in a fog and afraid Jeff is still alive, but she's also trying to conceal a crime. Okay, so four days later, she decides that she's going to call her attorney and she asked him to come to her house. And when he got there, Susan confessed to her attorney that she killed and buried Jeff in their backyard. Now, I know what you're thinking. What made her confess unprompted? Well, their family dog, which was a Rottweiler, dug Jeff up. Susan's attorney then went to the police station and informed them of where a body was. He was like, <laughs> he basically dropped off a note with the location of a body and was like, I don't have anything to do with the body. I'm just an attorney. So, obviously, Susan gets charged by the police and it is actually a week before she could give the police a statement because she was in a mental institution and nobody could speak with her. But on January 24th, Susan Wright turned herself in and was arraigned on murder charges the following Monday. People were shocked. So let me tell you about Susan for a minute. Susan seemed perfect. She was a petite, blonde, blue eyes, clear skin, very beautiful. She wasn't rich, but she was a really comfortable middle-class suburban mom. She claimed that she didn't want to stay home, but she did try working and Jeff just kept making her give him her entire paycheck and then forced her to be a stay-at-home mom. Despite Susan's claims, neighbors said that she was always talking about recipes and cleaning hacks. She doted on her small children. She like did it all. Her friends and neighbors didn't have the faintest idea anything was wrong in Susan's life. She seemed to love being the perfect mom and wife and her and Jeff had like the perfect family. As a kid, Susan was very good. She didn't really participate in extracurricular activities in high school. She was more of a homebody than a party girl and she just kind of enjoyed staying at home watching movies with her mom. She took a stab at cosmetology school, but that didn't really pan out. And instead, she wanted to go to school to be a nurse, but she didn't follow up on that idea long either. She was a typical good girl working her way through college at one point, but for a moment, she took a turn for the wild side. And she tried exotic dancing for just a couple months when she was like 18 or 19, 
Um, it did not really work out. I'm sure she tried it for the extra money, you know, more money, less work hours, but some things just aren't worth the money, right? <laughs> so that was just a little short stint on the wild side. Other than that, topless dancing for two months, Susan was like a pretty quiet homebody, a good girl. Now her trial began February 24th of 2004 and she pled not guilty for reason of self-defense. But this was not a cut and dry self-defense case. So here's the thing. Jeff was found with melted wax on parts of his body and neckties around his arms and legs. It actually kind of looked like he was seduced and maybe tied up to the bed for sexual foreplay. And then when he was tied to the bed, Susan straddled him and began stabbing him to death over and over. Almost all of the 193 stab wounds were to the front of the body. It looked as if Jeff hadn't moved at all during the attack. By the way, he had seven slices to his penis. Susan claims that she did not nick or slice his penis, but she says that she stabbed at it to get back at him for all the times he raped her. So they go to trial in 2004. And of course, like I said, Susan's defense is Jeff was extremely abusive. He'd been abusive for years. He'd come home high on coke and weed, rape and beat her. And that night they had a big argument. Jeff got a knife. He stood over Susan and he said, die, bitch. She um, kicks him in the balls, overpowers him, gets the knife and just begins stabbing and stabbing him. Susan maintains that the ties were not from tying Jeff to the bed, but only to the dolly. And her reason that wax was on him, she said that wax was spilled on him when she pulled his body off of their bed. She said that it bumped the nightstand and knocked over a candle that Jeff had lit earlier. She found the whole idea of sexy foreplay disgusting. The topless dancer found sexy foreplay disgusting. So here's the thing. Susan takes the stand and she tells her battered wife defense story. Um, she was pretty convincing, but the prosecution built a really good story too. Like they literally brought the mattress into the courtroom and the prosecutor straddled somebody and showed what force and how long it would take to stab Jeff 193 times. Plus it kind of showed the how unrealistic it could be for Susan to overpower and straddle Jeff and then stab him without him defending himself whatsoever. The jury deliberated for five and a half hours before they found Susan guilty of second degree murder and she was sentenced to 25 years in prison. Jeff's brother got custody of the children and Susan was not allowed contact ever since her conviction. But this was not the end for her. She actually appealed her case. Her first appeal was denied, but her second appeal granted her a new sentencing trial, and this was due to ineffective counsel. And this trial had a couple new witnesses. So in Susan's second go-round, she maintained that she was acting in self-defense and had expert testimony that she suffered from battered wives syndrome. Battered wife syndrome is a subcategory of PTSD, and basically it just says that prolonged domestic violence can cause a person to feel that one, they deserve the abuse in some cases, and two, that they cannot escape their abuser. According to Healthline.com, symptoms include 
think that the abuse is their fault, hide the abuse from friends and family, fear for their lives or the lives of their children, and believe that the abuser is all-knowing, can see their every movement, and lastly, be afraid and never know what side of their partner they're going to see that day, a loving partner or an abuser. So I think that they were using the defense as not only a means of why Susan snapped and killed Jeff in a frenzy, but also that Susan had concealed all of the supposed abuse from Jess for years because she had battered wives syndrome. But here's something really weird. They actually had expert testimony for Susan's first trial, but they didn't call the psychologist who spoke to Susan at the mental hospital and diagnosed her with battered wives syndrome all those years ago because she told him that she stabbed Jeff in his sleep. And that totally conflicted with her current story on trial. She says now that she stabbed him to save her own life. Susan maintained that she doesn't ever remember telling the expert from the first trial, Dr. Brown, that she stabbed him in his sleep. But I mean, she says now that maybe she told a different story because she couldn't deal with the trauma and the events of what happened. Okay, so more testimony that was in the second trial that was not in the first trial are two former girlfriends of Jeff. Misty McMichael had actually been engaged to Jeff once, but she testified that Jeff was egregiously abusive and claimed he even threw her down a staircase over 104 times. She said that there were two sides to Jeff, that he could be so nice and charming, but when he drank, he could be extremely abusive. However... Some of her stories were really hard to believe, and she was so argumentative that the judge proceeding over the case had to tell her to knock it off and that she was turning the trial into a circus. However, unlike Susan, Misty actually did file a police report against Jeff. One night they were partying at a bar in Austin, Texas, and he threw a glass at her. After being with him for four years, Misty claims that she ran away from him one night in the middle of the night. However, the other ex-girlfriend of Jeff came forward, and her name was Marcy Holloway. She said that Jeff was an extremely loving, patient, and kind boyfriend, and the only reason they broke up was that she hated being with a man that she thought was more attractive than herself. On Susan's second trial, the jury deliberated 10 hours over a two-day period, and they came back with a 20-year prison sentence. So essentially, this only shaved five years off of her original prison sentence. While Susan was in prison, she was actually denied parole two times, but ultimately released June of 2020. Her children have been with and raised by Jeff's family, and she's been under an intense parole supervision that will last until her actual release date, which was in 2024. So she's got two years left. Wow. So she served 16 years. Um, She spent what would have been the best years of her life in prison. Just family got custody of the children and she was cut off with them. I would say justice was served. I don't completely doubt or dispute the domestic abuse claims 100%. I mean, I do think that this was a calculated and premeditated murder, though, because like the proof is in the pudding. I'm telling you that dolly and that hole could not have been more convenient. Now, although Susan's sister, Cindy, Susan's sister, Cindy, although she didn't testify about the domestic abuse, 
at the hands of their father. She didn't testify to protect her family. She did say that their father had been abusive to their mother their whole lives. And that is how Susan could stay in an abusive relationship for so many years and covered up for her husband. That's how she grew up. That's all she really knew. Interesting. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning into Storytime Podcast, and I will talk to you next week. Have a great day. Bye.